Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, uh, welcome back to uh, to Ausbiz. It's great to have your uh, your com- company for uh, the call uh, for the next sixty minutes or so. We to take a look at ten stocks suggested uh, by you, and I put them to an expert panel. And uh, great to have Gary Glover from Nobit Capital with us again. Gary, how are you? Yeah, no, excellent. Good. How are you finding the markets at the moment? Um, I'm actually probably. About 45% in cash, and I've actually got a few short uh, US ah, uh, bearish positions on. Right. Yeah, just because I think the inflation story is real, and I think um, it's probably the NASDAQ is probably the index that's the most overvalued and the most vulnerable. So that's, uh, I think that's a good hedge. Right. Okay. Yeah. So is this the maximum you're ever in cash? Uh, pro- probably not. No. Right. No. Okay. So there's actually a few. I'm long a few stocks here, which I'm, I like, so right. they're going right. So yeah, yeah. But it's um, yeah, it, you find it. I mean, the other thing too is that um, the last time the Nasdaq got crushed, our market didn't get crushed. Right. So you know, yeah. you'll find actually that um, we, our market might pull back with the U.S. equities. Right. But uh, like in 2000, I think the Nasdaq dropped 80 percent. Right. The S&P dropped 50 percent. Right. Um, but our market only fell 14 percent. So right. it actually, really okay. was quite resilient because we're more of a value type yes. market here. So yeah, yeah. you can see the same thing is already starting to unfold here. Right. So I don't think the NASDAQ is going to come off 80%, but I think right. it can definitely come off 25 to 40% quite easily in my opinion. Oh, so Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this battle with the market saying that inflation is coming back, are you in that camp or, or not? Inflation is uh, going to come roaring back and interest rates are yeah. going to rise sharply? Well, look, history, I'm, I'm a student of history. So right. if we go back and study um, central banks printing money. Um, most occasions following that, we have right. inflation. So the the, J- the Japan scenario is a rarity. Right. Um, most times we get inflation. So yeah. we've, okay. it's pretty obvious we're seeing inflation across most of the asset classes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, uh, before we take a look at the 10 stocks uh, you've suggested to us, I always pull out one stock of the day that's in the news. We'll take a look at James Hardy today, out with a bumper full-year result. Net profit up 9%, driven by robust home lending demand here and in the US. Looking ahead, the company expecting to resume ordinary dividends with a potential first-half payout in November. So um, 
Gary, James, James Hardy, a, a good result, bit of a favourite of the sector. Uh, what do you think of it? Yeah, so the price action is interesting today because we've come off after a pretty yeah. after a pretty strong result. So, so why is that? So, probably probably the fact is that the stocks had a fantastic run, yeah. um, trading on a pretty high multiple, yeah. and possibly sort of buy the rumor, sell the fact here. Sort of like mm. we sort of knew it was going to be a great result. Yeah. Obviously, the sector's on fire. This there's some. Obviously, the numbers look pretty good going forward. I think they're um, they've sort of EBIT margins between 25 and 30 percent. I think the PE around 26 and a half for the 158 earnings for well, that's that was consensus for 22. That's got it on about 26 and a half times. So that number looks like it might be slightly higher right. than what consensus was uh, looking for. So that'll be probably a slight upgrade, but probably pricing in a lot of success here at the moment. The reality was we're 32 dollars here. Feb last year, yeah. fallen down to twelve dollars, gone straight back up to forty four dollars. So trading on maybe current PE thirty two, future yeah. PE twenty six and a half. We're getting pretty fully priced. The big question here is the building sector is in a sweet spot here because we're not travelling, so we're all spending money on our homes. Yeah. How much longer is that going to continue? Yeah. So the, the sweet spot here now. But you, you look at council <coughs> approvals. Sort of record highs, yep. aren't they? Um, finance figures, yeah, that's sort right. of record yeah. highs. Yeah. Renovations, record yeah. highs. So you've got to keep seeing that growth continue, right? For okay. It. So, so I think there's a, you know, I think maybe the next three to six months you'll see some more growth, but market's always going to look a little bit further in ah. front here. So, so you're saying the peak of the market? Oh, I just think we're getting pretty up there. So okay. it's pricing a lot of success here. So um, they're good numbers, but. So you would you be taking profits? I probably would have already taken profits here. Right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. All right. But too high to get in. I think so. Yeah. I think you'll okay. see a reaction here. Mark Moore from Team Invest joins us. Mark, how are you, sir? Hello, I'm filling in for Howard. Yeah. Um, how's um, what do you think of James Hardy? Uh, it's an okay company. Um, right. It's had. Uh, it's actually, if you look at their earnings now, they're back to where they were in 2014. So right. it's been, you know, been pretty rocky road, fairly flat. Good report. Uh, it's on a top of its PE range right. at the moment. I would definitely sell it. I think right. that is a okay. really good opportunity because going forward, um, we're we're uh, showing, a, we're predicting a uh, total shareholder return, including dividends, over the next five years of minus three point two percent at its current price because its earnings growth is actually quite low. Right. You know, so if you project out what that's likely to be, even uh, and then normalise the PE, you get a negative return. Right. So I would, uh, I mean, it's an okay company, but it's just way too expensive. I would definitely right. sell it. Okay. So you're going to get a strong number in 22 because you've still got this growth kicking on here. But Mark is going to say, is that sustainable? Yeah. And that's a big question mark there because once we start sort of travelling again, um, yeah. then yeah, because you're always looking ahead here, the market. So, so you never find the top of the market's never on bad news. It's always on great news. Right. Okay. So can it get greater? There's a big question mark over that. Sure. Okay. All right. So. Uh, that's really good direction on James Hardy. And for uh, if you look at that five-year chart, it's been low for a while. So if you've been a, um, um, a persistent uh, James Hardy shareholder, um, you're really getting out of the peak. It's had a few so. bleak uh, periods too, like in terms yes. of sentiment. So um, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look at that. All right. Um, Kenny wants a view on um, uh, Gary on Brickworks. The uh, uh, the not only the big 
brick manufacturer that um, that everybody loves, but is um, uh, also redevelops land and the old quarries and things like that. It's more a, a really big property play, isn't it? It is there. Got the Soul Pats uh, yeah. shareholding as well, which makes up uh, quite a bit of value there. So um, look, the, the last result there, half year, the revenue was up 4%, net profit was up 22%. Um, so good result there. Pretty strong asset backing with the value of that uh, Solpats holding as well. Again, it's just one of those issues. There mm. is that um, you know, is it sort of price for perfection here? It's it's the the multiples getting getting up here. I think we're on um, high PE now. Look, I know it's it's hard here because you're seeing a sweet spot here in earnings jump. So yeah. the PE for next year is around about nine, so pretty low. But that's pricing in big jumping growth here. Again, is that going to be sustainable? The year right. later, so yeah. just sort of question marks here on some of these bells here. So, look, great, great business, no doubt about it. Um, couple good dividend, good dividend, good dividend yeah. yield. In fact, it was mentioned yesterday. We had Rob Corlett from uh, Macro and uh, Owen Raskovich from uh, Ras Media on, and um, one of the stocks that came up from viewers was the Centuria Industrial REIT, um, which um, Rob and Owen thought was was good. Yep. But if you were after income, they preferred Brickworks as from an income point of view yeah. than a REIT like that. Yeah, so I think the the JV with uh, Goodman Group there, that, that's that's created a bit of value for Brickworks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> has slightly underperformed the North American um, building products division. So that's the negative there. We're getting obviously a strong second half here in Australian building. So that's a positive also just plus and minuses there just just evaluation there it's just a little bit again you just sometimes when you it's hard to buy these things when they're in a really sweet perfect spot here and that's where they're at at the moment yep. so it's just not nearly in the time to buy them it's usually the time to sell them i'm not I'm not saying it's a sell here i just think it's in a sweet spot here i'm not sure that can continue right okay what do you reckon Mark? Um, well, I, I agree. Uh, you, you quite like the Brickworks sole patents and oh, we like sole patents. We, like, we, like, we, like, we like sole yeah. patents. Yeah. Brickworks is a you know it's a long-standing solid business. Their, their EPS growth average over the last six years has been about seven percent, right. uh, which is quite respectable, and sales are growing at about five point nine. So what that means is that you know, they're actually increasing their profit, which yep. is a good sign. Yep. Uh, Again, sales. So there's nothing wrong with the company from our point of view. It fails on return on equity and return on capital. So it's got about a six percent return on equity. Um, we like minimum 10, right. which is really what they're returning on the capital in the business. Having said that, it comes down to how much you pay for it. And as Gary said, it's, a, it's at the top of, or it's at the very top of its PE range at the moment. We call it top of the red. So uh, we work in uh, green bottom quartile, black middle 50% red top quartile. It's yeah. right at the top, which means oh, right. virtually all-time record PE ratio. Yeah. And because of that, what that means is that your returns go down because it'll assume normalizing of yeah. the PE over time. Yeah. And we're showing it returning 1% a year mm. um, at the moment for uh, going forward at the moment right. on right. a five-year yep. five average. Yep. So, you know, there's no way I would buy it, but the, but the company itself is all right. Okay. All right. So that, that $7 billion market cap, three of that is um, sole pats. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. If I was going to buy this, I think I'd rather buy sole pats, mm. personally. Yeah, they're both probably yeah. fully priced here. Well, I haven't looked at Salt Pets lately. Salt Pets are really high as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take that yeah. back then. All right. Okay, thank you for that, Kenny, for that suggestion. Now, Feng, uh, Mark wants a, a view on LaVisa, the, uh, the um, 
what do you call it, uh, affordable cosmetic jewellery uh, chain um, in the retail business? Junk yes, jewellery. No, I was trying to be nice, Mark. <laughs> no, not junk jewellery. Uh, affordable? I remember, we were, I remember we were in Paris once. I was shopping with my wife who likes expensive stuff. And we're in the Chanel shop. And she said, oh, where about, where's the jewellery? He said, Madam, real or junk? <laughs> she said, junk. And Chanel, junk jewellery is still really expensive. All oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. okay. Well, that, this is affordable uh, jewellery. Great reputation. Uh, you see lots of their kiosks in the big shopping malls uh, yeah. around the place as well and uh, uh, regarded as having really good management. This is one of Brett Blundy's groups, isn't yeah. he, yeah. that he's on the director of? Yes, that's right. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good business. I think they've got 180 stores. Yeah. Uh, something like that. It's quite big. Um, also expensive. And we're looking at a lot of stop, stop, stops today that are all of their record highs uh, yeah. for PE ratios. Um, and unfortunately with uh, uh, LaVisa, uh, we're showing you a negative, very negative return of about 17% a year. Um, all their numbers are, are good, apart from the fact that the uh, PE ratio at the moment is on 130 on our, on our models. 130. So this, uh, now, is a re, this is so, a retailer. Yeah, I've just got to say, for the, this isn't a tech company, this is no. a retailer. So that's way above now, normal now the, I'd, I'd argue the reason why it's, the PE is so high is the last two years, their earnings have dropped pretty heavily. Now, that's interesting because uh, considering COVID, uh, if you looked at it and said, well, that would be reasonable, but what we've seen with a lot of retailers like AX1, yeah. Nick Scarley, they've all done brilliantly well, JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. So LaVisa's gone the other way, uh, as you would expect it to do under COVID. And what's happened is the share price hasn't been hit hard at all. So basically, as the, as the earnings are going down, the uh, PE is going up. So basically, what you're doing is you're paying for what were the earnings back in 2019 and the growth rate, and it hasn't been discounted at all. Right. So uh, for me, it's uh, very, very uh, overpriced. And uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to say that it, it, I think you'll get an opportunity to buy it a lot cheaper than this. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I, supp I suppose the other thing is, um, Gary, with that sort of end of the jewellery market, there's not a lot of online sales. No, that's is right. I mean, yeah, all, so, and yeah. it's all dependent yeah. on yeah, shopping right. centres being kept open. So look at some of those multiples there, because I think they're forecasting on twenty-four and a half or twenty-four point two cents for the full year, which will be a PE of fifty-four, yeah. um, and then a big jump next year of forty-one point eight, which is up seventy-two percent for the year. So pricing in a lot of growth next year, and that's still on thirty-two times. Yeah, remember mm -hmm. if you look at the other um, top retailers, you know, yeah. they're all under twenty. Yeah, the, yeah. Con the concern here I see actually is that um, the store rollout, which was going to be pretty aggressive, yeah. is probably going to get wound back here because right. of COVID. Yeah. And also the big, the other big one was that um, LaVisa has actually been surprising on the upside until the last one. The last one was actually down. Yeah. I think it was like 6% short of where the market thought it was going to be. So it's probably the first time it's disappointed. So. Yeah. Because it's been a bit of a retail darling. It has for been, years, yeah. Has yeah. You find once you disappoint once, it normally mm. sort of disappointment follows. So, I think there's some real risks with that business. Just mm. um, on just just because it's pretty highly priced, yeah. And there's a few concerns there about the how fast it's going to you know it's going to grow here, and just the as you say the online versus the, the store rollout. It's sort of it's a little old, yeah. The old school sort of um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. Look, maybe there's some scope online there, but I'm not sure people are going to go online and buy cheap jewellery, I guess. It's, um, well, I think the other thing too yeah. is their stores are typically in all the uh, central business district shopping centres and so on, yeah. which are all, you know, a lot of that's still being dampened significantly from yeah. uh, Corona. So that's that yeah. passing traffic. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that's not yeah. helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. but, but Gary's right, and they're basically you're paying for an assumption that it's all going to bounce back and be fabulous. Yeah. So Mike why do you want to pay for it? Yeah, I saw a few brokers just suggesting the growth might be a little slower than than they than they're anticipating. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, Feng, there you go. Good direction on uh, LaVisa. Um, Gary, Thomas wants a view on TPG Telecom. Uh, this is, um, well, Singapore-based group. Yeah. Came out here, took over Vodafone, uh, brought it in. Um, now the entrepreneur that everyone was sort of backing in TPG has stepped aside for the company. David Teo. Yeah, yeah, David yeah, Teo, yeah. who had a great reputation, he's backed out. And there's been management and board changes galore in the last six months. There has it? been, yeah. So it's um, that, that's that's the big negative is obviously lose, losing David Teo. So yeah. I think that's probably why a lot of people were, were in that. And so that that's a negative there. I, I see UBS are sort of saying with this price drop on the back of David Teo, I believe that's, there's an opportunity there from, from a value point of view, which, which might be the case. Um, I think I saw Goldman's were, were reporting that they were disappointed with uh, TPG's uh, the um, the Spectrum auction. They didn't sort of get that many licenses, so kept it um, a little narrower than that they're anticipating. So it's a bit of a hard one here. I, I think That's it's probably a horrible chart. Though. Yeah, like I think it's I think it's undervalued. I think if you were holding it, you'd be probably you'd be sticking with it here. Right. Um, okay. But. Well, you've been through all the pain. Yeah, I don't know if I like. I used to like this stock here with um, with Tio at the helm, but. I'm a little worried about it there, but I just don't, yeah, I don't love too many others in that sector either. That's the only thing. But TPG right. was probably the one that I previously preferred. There was TO in front, but um, yeah, because I think Telstra. has been a, yeah. a, a bit of a sentiment move with Telstra. Recently. That's because of the breakup. Yeah, everyone knows yeah. once you break up companies, you extract a bit of value. That's, yeah. for me, that's going to be an exit. Right. That's, just, you know, so once we get a bit more appreciation, we get to that breakup point. Yeah. That, that might be a good time to exit. Telstra, right, yeah, okay. but I think it probably goes higher, yeah. Right, okay. Um, what do you reckon with TPG? Uh, well, I used to be a shareholder. Um, I actually, uh, we had we had a lot of faith in um, the team invest on with David Teo. Yeah. We love founder CEOs, yeah. you know, particularly the ones who've got uh, solid uh, uh, entrepreneurial history where they've been successful, which he yeah. has. Yeah. Um, he, unsurprisingly, he's now gone. Um, we're not surprised at all after what he went through with the... Uh, uh, C court hearings and everything. He's a very right. private individual. And basically he got thwarted of his whole plan by the blocking of uh, Huawei hardware because he was going to come in and get in in front of uh, Telstra and Optus on uh, 5G, which we really bought that whole strategy. Yep. Um, and then that was blocked through you know geopolitical reasons, risk, risk, risk reasons. Then the Vodafone merger got uh, blocked, which was actually good reciprocal business because they were strong in um, uh, Vodafone was strong in mobiles and they were strong in uh, internet. You put yeah. them together, logical synergies. Um, and then they got that through eventually uh, after all the court hearings and so on. So we were not surprised he jumped at all. So I actually got out about a year ago right. and I'm glad I did. Most of our members did. There's, I don't know if any got very many would have still have shareholdings yeah. in the company. It's now run by who was the CEO of Vodafone before. And I think he's still got a son on, one of his sons is still on the board on as the well. On the board, yes. But, what you got to remember is Tia, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, he lives in um, uh, uh, Singapore. Singapore. Yeah. And the Singapore company, which was owned by TPG as part of the merger with Vodafone, got split out and get given as an in-specie uh, to all the shareholders. And that's TUA right. uh, is the code. And that's interesting because, because uh, a lot of our members kept that. Now, admittedly, yeah. it doesn't have a history, but Tio, he's now left Vodafone and he's in Singapore and he's concentrating on the Singapore mobile business. And I'd go, well, hang on, and how's that look on price? Mm -hmm. It's actually below net tangible assets. Mm -hmm. 
the price of this thing. It's so been, it doesn't have, doesn't it's been have, dead quiet too. There's been nothing. Well, what's been happening? Yeah. I've been, we've been looking at the uh, <coughs> announcements yeah. and all the directors, and they're all the people who were with uh, Tio, you know, in the, uh, yeah. so it's the same crowd yeah. and they're all buying heavily. Okay. So they're all sacking up like hundreds of thousands of shares yeah. every day. And um, so I think that is far more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I bought some. Oh, and a lot okay. of our members had them from, because I've they helped. They help. well, but I just, there's been no news. No, been, there's no news. Yeah. But yeah. I like it when you've got smart insiders, which they are, yeah. and they're buying heavily. Uh, because it's, and, I, and I understand it's below net tangible assets. Hmm. Which is, means it's less. It's so, worth less than it's worth breakup. Is that listed here? Yeah. Or yeah. This right. is right. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's at the moment. I continue just because it's not one that we, it's market cap's about two hundred and sixty nine million, and the share price is. Uh, uh, share price dollar dollar. Fifty eight cents. Like, you know, yeah. it's eight cents, is it? Fifty eight. cents. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Oh. Okay. Good alternative. I put that in my speculative category, by the way. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's not a team invest investment, but it's I think yeah. it's a good bet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I do yeah. like it as well. And you're I've, watching I've been it watching too. it. Yeah. I've been watching yeah. it closely, but there's been no thing because no, I thought actually once um, David Tio left TPG, there'd be an announcement following a TUA about what's going on there. But it's been absolute silence. But if, but if you think about it, if all the directors and so on are all buying shares, why would you want to do any announcements yet? Yeah. You know, well, you because better... that's not keeping the market fully informed. <laughs> well, but maybe nothing's happening yet. But they have yeah. a plan. <laughs> Someone has a plan. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Say no more. There you go, Thomas. Not TPG. TUA is the uh, one to go to. All right. Uh, Mark Phil wants a view on AMA Group. It uh, it basically um, uh, rolls up smash repair companies, yeah. does that? Yeah. So, uh, panel beaters and the like. Well, there's been a lot on the media about this one lately. With uh, yes, uh, 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 this, the CEO has been given the boot. I think I haven't yes. been, I haven't been yeah, following it in detail. A bit of uh, but it's a bit of management change. Yes, just a bit. Um, it's been a, it's pretty pretty poor performer. The um, earnings, the return on equity, and so on is negative. So it's losing money at the moment. Um, it's it's you'd say is there a corona argument with these guys? I mean, should have they? You would have thought this would be a business being crash repairs and so on. It should make no difference. Or if anything, with all the people who aren't travelling overseas and touring around Australia, there'd be more accidents. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I can't see why there's a corona argument here. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the earnings have fallen off a cliff. Um, so no, it's not a business we've ever ever had any interest in because it's long term. It's never been over ten percent return on equity since about two thousand and twelve. Yeah. So and growth rate where it's averaged minus ten over the last six years. That's the right. average. Sales have been quite good. So sales are growing, but they're not making any money and they're losing money. Right. So um, this is sort of a roll-up model yeah. as well, is it? Like you have um, some of the listed dentist uh, groups, insurance groups, where they just roll up brokers or, yeah. in this case, panel beating crash uh, yeah. repair shops. Yeah. So we don't, we, we, we're fairly dubious on roll-up models anyway. Right. Um, because they tend to... Um, if they're successful, the rate, the values of the private companies they're buying go up, yeah. or they, or the competition from other roll-up groups, so they end up having to pay higher and higher multiples. And there's yeah. a point where they tend to implode. That's and they often load themselves up with lots of debt as well. So also, it's not that easy to manage these these businesses because if the founder, who was the hands-on uh, guy who was running the crash repair business, if he exits on this, yeah, or then they're going to put a Matt corporate guy in there. How does that work? Yeah, 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 yeah. These are these are down and dirty businesses. Yeah, yeah. You've got to know your customers. It's like pawnbroking. I never yeah. understood how. Yeah. Uh, collect, uh, uh, cash, converters. cash converters could corporatize those sort of businesses. Yeah. You know, where someone's coming in with a guitar <laughs> and it's or, or a bow and arrow. Right. How do you do that? Yeah. I look it up in my book. What's a bow and arrow? I mean, it's, it's I, I just don't get it. Yeah. yeah. 
I think there's a few red flags here with this one too. Mm. I mean, um, the um, so they've just I just saw something there. They've recently announced um, like federal proceedings against the former CEO, yes. um, seeking two point four million dollars worth of missing dollars. Yeah. There's also a loan of one point four mil, which probably probably a share plan or something like that as well, which they're seeking to come back there. Right. So that's that's a big red flag. And then um, because those valves have got a little bit over the top there. Comes to the, I saw recently they sold their ACAD business to um, GUD just to get some of the gearing down as well because obviously once you scale up, the gearing gets a bit high. Yep, so yep. there's a few red flags in there. I, that's uh, definitely stay away. That's the right. Actually, you're right. The debt, the debt is a um, uh, is a big one. Um, and what did I see? I saw it actually it was debt, debt, debt. Sorry, it's um, very uh, very high as a percentage of. Um, uh, I can't find it now. Debt ratio. Here we go. Two hundred and um, uh, years to repay the debt, 682 years. Wow. On yeah. current yeah. And if, if you if ever <laughs> pay for those assets and they get revalued lower, yes. then That's you're, right. even, you're in bigger trouble. Yeah, 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 and the other problem is what happens yeah. is as your debt goes up, so your debt to market cap gets higher and higher and higher, the banks won't lend you any money or they'll call the loans in. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're very high so already, which means you probably have limited or no capacity right. to borrow money. Balance sheet under stress. Mm. Put it mildly. Um, Gary, our fifth stock, Seb wants a view on uh, Resimac. Um, they provide mortgage funding, don't they? Mainly uh, yep. into that Lending housing market. Loans. Yeah. So I saw the major shareholder own 60% of the right. summers there, so it's pretty tightly held there. Yeah. It's Look, it's not a bad business there, but it's still in that, it's on that sort of uh, the lower margin end as well. So um, I, think, I think the PE is around 9.3. Um, so the earnings are up quite a bit here this year. That's probably after the back of a pretty poor year. And I think they're only set to grow around 6 or 7% next year. So growing, but yeah, look, it's, you know, the valuation is not expensive, but uh, again, this, this sort of segment's in a bit of a sweet spot here at the moment, mm-hmm. the lending there. I mean, the share price is sort of, it peaked around a 170 there in Feb last year fell off the cliff to 40 cents. Now we've sort of gone to 280 recently, so yeah. um, almost doubled off the previous peak. Um, the vales aren't high, but it's just just down the lower end of that sort of um, margins there. So it's not a high quality business for me. So not one that I'd be interested in there, but the valuations aren't, it's not expensive, but, yeah. but it's not, just not, just not for me. Could be a reason why it's not expensive. Yeah. Is that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt? Uh, no, I agree with all that. It's, it's actually their, their numbers and everything are, are uh, quite good. The last couple of years, their growth's been very solid. But I'd, I'd say you'd expect that, actually, with what's happening with the, or at least in this year, trailing 12 months, with what's been happening with uh, real estate. I mean, yeah. it's all on fire. So they yeah. should be doing well because they're and providing that, mortgages. Yeah. yeah, providing mortgages, mainly through brokers, yep. aren't yeah. they? Yeah, but they should, they, should be, market. they should be doing well. Yeah. Um, going forward, it, it, interestingly, from a from conscious investor's perspective on how it looks at the valuation, we're, we're, we're showing it returning about 18% a year on default, right. you know, which is based on their current trends, which is really good, yeah. uh, on a margin of safety zero. Now, oh. how could there be that big a difference? Well, because what's happening is the sales aren't going up the same rate that um, um, earnings are. Oh. And it, 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 it's, more, a lot, it's a more conservative uh, calculation because it looks further back on earnings as well. And that's the variation, oh. which is a big variation. You know, yeah. Normally, you wouldn't see that, 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 that's that extreme. Yeah. So from yeah. our point of view, what it's saying is, if it continues to do really well, you'll do well. And if, it, and if anything goes wrong, you're going to do really bad. You'll do badly. Right. Yeah, so okay. it'd be a riskier loan. So it's too risky. There. So yeah. it'd be, uh, you'd, be, you'd be lending to um, you know, slightly riskier 
yeah. um, you know, participants. And yeah. um, so if, there's, if there is any squeeze in the market or if interest rates well, if interest go, rates up, go up, yeah, yes. then that would have to be the big. Then risk it might be a negative. It'd be one of the companies they'd be concerned about the most because that's yeah. where you probably have your greater arrears and a, a lower yeah. quality book. Right. And interestingly, yeah. they're in the top quartile of the uh, PE range, uh, even at a PE we're showing at twelve. Um, the bottom, the bottom quartile, seven point five. So it it, ha- it has a fairly narrow range, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be wanting to buy it down to seven point five if you were going to buy it. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's probably one of those businesses, to, to, like it's when things get a bit on the nose or, or the sector's out of favour, then maybe you can get it on the cheapest business, but I, I'm just not not here. I know, I know the, vowels, the vowels aren't high, but it's just not, yeah. Oh, not okay. well, to be in the green, it'd be $1.44. It's currently $2.32. No, so it's okay. about so it's a million dollar cheaper. Yeah, okay. All right, let's recap the first five stocks. Stock of the day, James Hardy. Um, both um, Gary and Mark wouldn't be getting in. Uh, Mark would be selling it, and Gary would at, at these prices as well take the profits. Uh, Brickworks a no from both. La Visa a no. Uh, TPG uh, a hold from Gary because uh, you've been through the worst of it. Um, a no from Mark. Uh, both of them um, are watching TUA as probably a, a, a better bet for yeah, in that part of it, a related company. Um, no for AMA Group and a no for Resimac. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner NAB Trade. Any stock that uh, gets unanimous approval from our expert panel goes into the portfolio. If it comes up again, even if it's uh, before a different panel and it doesn't get unanimous support, it comes out again. Uh, has a been performing for the last week down 1.6%, down 3% for the month, up 27% for since the 1st of July last year. Uh, some of the stocks recently added, Nanosonics, NetWealth, Janus Henderson Group, Smart Group and TPC Consolidated. Some of the stocks removed, Atomos, uh, Wham, Microcap and NextDC. Uh, if you want to take a look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, go to osbiz forward slash portfolio. And uh, coming up, James Fielding, um, just after the call on um, the newest company on the local boss, Ordera, a new headphone company uh, listed yesterday, uh, list following a $7 million IPO. And uh, James Fielding, the chief executive, is going to give us an update on it and uh, tell us about some of the prospects of a new company listing on the market. All right, let's get into our second five stocks. Mark, uh, Mike wants a view on AGL. Now, Mike says, I've got a small investment in AGL that's become even smaller over the past six months. Not overly concerned, as I have no need for it and can leave it in there for the next five plus years. But I was wondering, are we at the point where accumulating some additional stock is a consideration? Interested in the panel's view. So an existing shareholder... Share prices uh, taken a bit of a dive. Is it a time to average down, Mark Moore? Well, <clears throat> I don't like averaging down unless I really believe that earnings are going to be uh, a lot higher than what maybe the market expects or think yeah. going forward. It's, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to use um, you know, sort of colloquial uh, names for them, but it's, 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 I don't think it's a good policy <laughs> to yeah. do it. Um, yeah. And if you look at it, the earnings for AGL, they were, they, have, they haven't been spectacular, but it's been reasonable over the last few years. Like if you look at the last few years, they're per share $1, $1.20, $0.59, cents, 
eighty cents, two dollars forty, one dollar forty, one dollar sixty, negative nine cents. Right, is the, la- <laughs> la- the latest one. So you see, it's all over the shop. Yep. We don't like that. Yeah. Um, now they're in. They do a lot in renewables and so on as well, which is a super sexy area, and it doesn't seem to be turning into uh, being profitable yet. I had not that I'm interested in what consensus, uh, uh, um, what other, what analysts say. I did look at this because I don't know the business in detail, yeah. and the consensus in Morningstar said 58 cents, uh, no, 78 cents next year, and 58 or something the year after. So wow. the mark. So the the analysts are forecasting. Coming up from here, but nowhere near what they were before for the next two years. I don't. Know, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, that's not a good look yeah. from my point of view. So if they could get their earnings back to say a dollar, that's still you know it was a dollar sixty in two in uh, two thousand twenty, then it'd be a good buy at the, yeah. at the current price. But it's all earnings based from my point of view. So it is very cheap historically, and it probably will do well from here. You know, but, you know, but I say probably if they get back to anything resembling their, what the traditional business has been, but I don't know enough about it to have, any, have an opinion on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah no, I, I got similar notes here actually. Obviously, um, I, look, I actually looked at Monistar as well, so same same research there. So I think it's on under under 10 now, the PE yeah. moment, and then even looking, um, you know, giving it a big haircut next year, which most analysts have done already, that's on about 14 or something, uh, yeah. 14 and a half something. So not expensive there. If you look at it historically, I think it's uh, trades, I think nine and a half to around 29 times. So it's really had a pretty wide range. Right. So it just tells you how erratic the, the earnings and the share price has been. So yeah. I'm actually watching this one here because mm. it's uh, getting, you know, you know the, the valve's getting squeezed here. And, it's, you know, and I just sort of noticed that um, typically these stocks don't do well into these, um, it's like high growth markets, the defences tend to perform pretty poorly and then unloved as well. Mm. Everyone likes, likes the, <clears> the high growth stocks. So, once everyone starts to exit the door from um, high growth stuff, they'll be looking for more defensive type stocks here. And then these stocks can have a pretty good run in those mm. periods, but so far it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. So really need some sort of shift here. Yeah. So I'm watching it here. I, I came close to pulling the trigger the other day. I thought I saw something I, I liked, but I haven't yet, but I, I am pretty close here. I, I, I do think it's a buy here. Um, just just okay. waiting to pull the trigger. So I think the other thing that um, viewers should consider too, if you are interested in a business like this, Rather than just looking at what everyone else is doing in the price, you know, read, go and read the annual report, read their uh, their announcements to the market, get an understanding of what the business is doing, you know, and then make get a view on it. Like, does yeah, it? Yeah. Do, do you think this? You know, because obviously you've uh, uh, zagged, zigged and zagged in the business somewhat, yeah. so it's being beaten up. Yeah. So, but it may actually be very prospective going forward. They're definitely uh, in a very prospective area. Yeah. That's going to get a lot of money thrown at it and so on. So that's that doesn't mean they'll, they'll do well. But I agree with what Gary's saying. But it's not something team invested worry about, right? Because it's too much work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Energy retailers, though, <clears throat> so you you do. There's a lot of regulation, isn't there? Yep. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of pro- regulatory price fixing and yeah. things like that. So you're basically a price taker, right? You can be. You can get it squeezed occasionally. Yeah. 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 And it's sort of like um like the government's been pretty. You know, trying to bring down the energy price. It's oh, yeah. a good political look as well. So, but you can only sort of squeeze them so much before they bleed, and then you got to look after them again. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they also like, say we're not going to spend money on capital investment, and yeah. you know, you know, if you yeah. don't let's increase the prices. So, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a it's yeah. a pressure it's a pressure it, point. It is hard, but then yeah. then you've got cover governments now looking like they've done with the the refineries, going, yeah. okay, where are the sectors where? We've yeah. got to put stability in now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, energy's not going to go away. There's no. demand for it. So, um, yep. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Gary, uh, Jack wants a view on United Overseas Australia. Now, this is basically a listed property group listed in Australia, headquartered in Kuala Lumpur, and it's a owns its property development, construction, and property investment all in Malaysia. That's right. But yeah, listed here in Australia. Yeah, I, I often find this one a bit funny. Why would yeah. you list in Australia and not in your? That's right. So a bit of an obscure one there. So I think so. Market caps three hundred seventy-two mil, and I think the uh, revenue was two hundred ninety-two mil, which was down twenty-four percent last year. So um, they're not expensive there. I think the PE is around 11, um, 11 to twelve times. Yeah, it's got a yield there around just over five percent, which is unfranked. Yeah. Um, so that they've they've been going okay. Um, the numbers are okay. Not not bad. Yeah. Um, they're not sensational. They're probably just just reasonable. So. Uh, look, unless you really know the business, what they're really doing, it's sort of it's, it's a bit of an obscure sort of to the to the side. It's not yeah. not something I'd invest in, but um, but the numbers have been reasonable for you know, its history. Yeah. So, if you'd almost take the view, if you wanted to get into this sector, aren't there plenty of decent Australian ones without? Being in one, uh, yeah, I guess you'd be in Australia in rather Malaysia. than Malaysia. I guess, yeah, yeah. So right. you'd have to be you'd sort of bullish one. about Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark, uh, totally agree. Um, one of the advantages investing in investing locally is you can see them, and you can talk to management more easily. And you have a, it's one of the problems with investing in the US. I invest in the US, and a lot of our team invest members do as yeah. well. But you you you're more reliant then on the numbers and what you can read because you don't have any natural personal perspective yeah. unless you're an Apple user or something. And obviously, you yeah. have a good understanding of the Apple. Stuff, but there's a lot of companies in the US that are really exciting, but you really wouldn't have a clue yeah. if you didn't know what's going on. This is in Malaysia. Uh, construction, development and building and so on is always a, a lumpy uh, business. You can lose a lot of money if you get something wrong. Um, yeah. th their numbers are fine. Um, but to, you know, I, I don't think, and it's not that big a company, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, why would they list here? Uh, it's a good question, probably because they thought they could raise capital better here, I guess. Or they mm -hmm. thought maybe they get a higher PE ratio being in Australia than they would in Malaysia. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, anyway, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I think it's too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's too it's too um, obscure, you know, yeah. from the point of view of really knowing anything about it. And and as you guys keep reminding me all the time, your normal portfolio is twenty stocks. Yeah. And if you've got you know a couple that you like property, um, you go for the ones that you know and you're comfortable and you can see rather than a, a complicated one. Go, go for in, the a, in, a foreign, in a foreign country. In a forereign country. Is that a way of rationalising it? Yeah, well, mine's probably half of that, my portfolio. So um, I'm a lot more concentrated. I like the stocks. I mean, I, yeah. What, you like overseas ones? Uh, no, no. So I, you're saying you've got 20. Yeah. Um, I'm less, I'm half of that. Oh, oh yeah. so you've got 10 stocks. Yeah, so, so, so well, I think, yeah, I think no, I'm, yeah. I'm 11. Yeah. I, and right. I think, I think uh, 20, Howard's about 25. He's got a lot, but that's because right. he, he's such a reluctant seller. <laughs> you know, that, that he, you know, he, 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 he fi finds it very difficult to ever sell anything, but then he finds new things he likes. So that's a problem for him. Right, okay. Uh, typical team invest member is about 20 average. Right, okay. Uh, because that, yeah, that's, I think psychologically it's a good number because it makes you feel like you've got lots of diversification. In reality, it doesn't make much difference. If you, right. and it's more about which ones you're in. Right. If you've got 10 good companies, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you only ever that's, have maximum of 10. That's, that's a lot for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So oh. yeah, I like to sort of scale in as well. So, right. uh, so I start with a small position and if it moves the and right still way. Still only have I'll, ten. Yeah. Then I move yeah. into it. Yeah. So I right. normally have concentrated positions. Yeah. So and what's the average length of time you're invested? 
Do you try? Uh, yeah. So it'd be um, been a month. Yeah. A month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because okay, if, okay. okay. so yeah, if yeah. I'm wrong, yeah, then yeah, I'm yeah, out okay. within a week. Right. Okay. Right. And if I'm right, um, or maybe I get a two or three month move. Right. And okay. So it might. Right. Yeah. We'd probably be at, probably probably be less than a month. Yeah. yeah. Right. My, my average is five years. Right. Average is over ten. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That, and that's why yeah. I love I love panels like this because. Yeah. Everyone's a different investor, isn't it? Yeah. The way they do it. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, our next stock, um, Steve wants to be on Red Cape. Uh, 39 hotels in New South Wales or Queensland. Uh, Steve says um, uh, fourth quarter distribution, um, 2.67 cents per share versus 1.83 previous guidance. Annual yield just above 10% if dis- distributions are maintained. What do the experts think? So I looked at this a few months ago. Actually, I think it might have been well, yeah. like three months ago. We looked at it actually, and um, I, I was looking before, before I looked at it. I thought I'm not going to like this. <clears throat> yeah. And then when I looked under the hood, I really liked it right. because I saw really some um, great suburban hotels in there, and yeah. I actually knew, I recognised some of them <clears throat> that were in the list. And <clears throat> at the moment with COVID as well, because um, less of us are going to the city, we're more likely to be staying in our in our local area. So going to the local Hotel has, you know, yep. has been even more promising. So even in some lockdowns, there the numbers have been pretty good here. So the I just saw actually that the, I mean the share price has gone up quite a bit since then, and um, they have a, they've just um, upgraded their earnings again. So basically, yep. they're they're ahead of where they previously were. So um, given some pretty strong guidance as well. So I do like it here. Just P is around sort of uh, the high twenties there, I think, at the moment. So it's just getting up there. Um, but you know, maybe if we if we're forward, if we're upping our guidance there, it probably brings the PE down a bit there. But I do I do like this stock here. It's just probably getting a, it's getting up in price there. But it's got some momentum behind it here. I, I think the price goes higher there. But I I think it's getting pricey. That's all. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you'd be. It's actually good business. I actually quite like it. But right. I just I just wonder about okay. the value. So more a hold. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we're, we're only got two full years of history. Yeah, which is not enough to draw in. Well, we need five, yeah. four years, absolute minimum. Yeah. Um, so, but if you look at what's there now, yeah. uh, what I don't like about it is its return on equity is two point eight. Uh, there's only two years. First year was 0. Yeah. 0. 0.4. Yeah. So right. it might maybe that'll grow over time. Um, but what I don't like is the debt. They've got eighty eight percent debt to equity, and the scary number is their ninety eight percent debt to market cap. Right. So eventually, their debt equals their market cap. Now that is really bad, you know, yeah. from the point of view of. Uh, that's uh, probably COVID related a lot. Some of that with the. Well, it could be. It could be the share, to, I'm not sure what's happened with the share price, but yeah. but, but 100% debt to market cap is the banks tend to get really fidgety over about 30. Right. Percent. Uh, that's yeah. So right. that yeah. I would say that uh, I, don't, I have no idea how they do their funding, and so on, and uh, what the what their uh, covenants are on their loans. Well, it owns 30 of the properties. I think leases two of them. I think it is. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, so maybe the valuation of those hotels. Yeah, that, that could be part of it. Yeah. The new accounting rules, but if they own that yeah. many of them, there's obviously big mortgages on them. Yeah. I'm going to assume, and yeah. the rest they've got leases. So, so I need to understand that uh, yeah. that better. But that's a scary number. Too soon for me. Right. Too okay. Early. All right. Um, now Ed wants a view on MFF Capital Investments, formerly the Magellan Flagship Fund. Um, basically, this is a listed investment company. Um, that holds international and Australian shares. Uh, Mark, what do you think of um, MFF? Not much. 
it's um, what's the code? Um, MFF. MFF. I can tell you, it holds Visa, Mastercard, Amazon, yep. Home Depot, Facebook. That's fifty percent of its holding. Oh, wow. That's just those five, the first yeah. five shares there. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, and it did well for uh, quite a while. It's done very badly over the last couple yeah. of years. I, I, it's, it's like a, what it is, you're buying in, I mean, Hamish Douglas is very clever. Yeah. And basically what he's done with this is he's listed a fund, which means that that money never gets taken away. Because one of the problems with fund managers is people give them money and then yeah. if they don't perform up to, to, to satisfactorily for that person or the, or the install or whatever, they take the money out. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. Hamish is doing is he's listing them. So then all that money's then captured forever. Yep. So he's got, he manages it, gets all their fees and all the rest of it, can never go away. Yep. And all that happens is the market decides what it's worth on any given day. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's very yeah. clever. But I would buy Magellan. You know, I'd buy, yeah. the, You'd uh, buy the holding I'd buy company. the holding company where yep. he is, where they make most of the money. Yeah. It's always outperformed the funds, always. Yeah. Uh, would be my choice. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't you got, be interested. You've got, you got the safer investment in the... Um, you know, obviously the NTA, you know, theory there as well. That's the yeah. that's the upside there. Is that you know, with with Magellan there, it's obviously great when the markets are great. If, yeah. the, if the markets cool down and if the market gets worried about where Magellan are, I think Magellan's actually lost a little bit of luster recently. A few, yeah. I don't know a few clients who are just a little bit disappointed with what's coming out of there. So, yeah. well, the theory um, that's been put here a few times is it's just got too big. It's yeah. got big to a size where it's lost its nimbleness that gave it yep. performance and yeah. a few people on the pa- previous panels when it's yeah. come up have said it's a bit like platinum was you know yeah, that's, when, that's harsh that's harsh when, <laughs> if you, if you look platinum at, went for yeah, a great run yeah, yeah. and then if you look at the performance of uh, mff to compare to those stocks yeah it doesn't make sense but then there's, there's a few there's a few currency issues in there so it didn't handle the currency issues too well just lately and didn't handle that fall too yeah. well yeah yeah, yeah. i well. think you're right i agree with all that I yeah. think the other thing too, the size issue is, is, is no evidence to say that's a problem because they still have very positive funds in play and right. they're getting quite a lot of it internationally. They're getting money out of the UK and the US and so on where uh, uh, they're giving mandates to an Australian company then to go back and invest in the US. So, right. so Magellan has a very, very good international reputation. If you were seeing funds outflow, you know, then that would be a better argument to say they're definitely getting too big. Size is a problem by definition. The bigger yep. you get, the, the harder it is to outperform. And they haven't really outperformed. All they've got to do is maintain performance that's comparable with a peer group they're being scored against yeah. is really how it works. As yeah. long as they do that, they, you know, it's off to the races. Yeah. The funds management industry is one of the most profitable areas in the world. Uh, I read some stats on it. There's been more money made out of funds management than the tech companies. So as far as oh, our right. founders and so on. Wow. Yeah. Except for a couple of people like Bezos and... Uh, Look at ARK Investments in the yeah, US. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the yeah. classic and, ones. Oh, Magellan, yeah. he's become a billionaire. Yeah. In Australia, in ten years yeah. from scratch, yeah, they're quite concentrated. Most of those funds too. That's the mm. well, he's that's the right. The other thing, the other thing is he's yeah. enjoyed the the uh, boom in the US on those tech stocks. Yeah. yeah, you know the fangs and so on. He was heavily yeah. invested into that. Whereas Platinum, yeah. comparing it, has been in Asia yeah. typically and so on, and they've had lower growth. They haven't performed. Yeah. They haven't had that growth. Yeah. So well, MFF, said, you're saying dominated by those tech stocks in the US. Yeah, yeah. it is as yeah. well. When I looked at the top five holdings, I was surprised actually how concentrated it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of holdings in there, but most of them are tiny. Yeah. But the top the top five make up 57%. Well, he's very, he's very he follows yeah. a Buffett-style approach. That's exactly yeah. what Buffett does. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you get it right, you like it. Yeah, I yeah. do, but if, if you get it right, yeah. it's great. Well, that's yeah. what happened to <laughs> Arnold. So, um, what's her name, Kathy Wood was, yeah. she was uh, along a bucket load of um, yeah. Tesla. And that was their biggest holding, and that's skyrocketed. But then once Tesla started to roll over, 
The funds right. roll over as well. So it's yeah, um, yeah just buying, okay. buying coin, but everything with high risk you're buying. So Okay, so yeah. a no on MFF from both of you. Look, if you want to expose, then at the end of the day, you just got to know what you're buying. Yeah. Right. Your so, point about net tangible assets is important because if, if it's being discounted to the value of those stocks, is that what you were saying? What did you say? Uh, well, I noticed that um, the funds only, no, it's, it's trading around. NTA, so it's it? yeah, yeah. after tax. So I you're not getting a discount. Sometimes you do. So yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, the cap, I thought yeah. that might have been helpful. No, yeah, product. yeah. Well, I think we've sort of shown recently that some of those funds and LICs can trade yeah. at a fair premium and they can trade at a fair discount right. sometimes as well. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. you want to buy it. You want ideally try and buy it when it's at a discount. Yeah. 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 So yes with MFF or No. Okay. Yeah. Would you buy Magellan? Are you part um, of part of Mark's theory? Like, I'm a shareholder. Uh, yeah, but I haven't been okay. buying any lately. I just right. wouldn't buy it here. No, I wouldn't right. buy it here. No, I, I just I've seen these sort of big, um, you know, these big, big equity groups come in and they have success there, yeah. and they, they can all get too hot and too good and too too awesome for a period, and then they lose their shine, and then they start to. Oh, it feels like, feels like they're starting to lose their shine to me. It's starting getting. Yeah. Everyone loved this stock for a long, long yeah, time. Well, it's one of our now, one of our most widely held stocks in team investors. Yeah. Interestingly, quite a few members have got a bit agitated with the diversification the into yeah. good Gomez and so on, where they've been putting. And yeah. when they into bought into Benelong, Benelong, that was a big one because yeah. they seem to pay a lot of money yeah. for uh, a share, and then getting virtually you know no voting rights. Not that that bothers me much, but they, they, they uh, that's been disquieting right. for members. Okay, I think in the scheme of things, it's not that big a deal personally. But look, it's confidence, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Okay, our final stock, Gavin wants a view, Gary, on MyState, which is uh, like a, um, a regional bank, bank um, yeah. in Tasmania. And Tasmanian perpetual trustees Jeez. as well. Yep. So, no. yeah, look, I think the market cap's um, 434 mil, so it's not big. Right. Um, PE's around 13.5. The yield's only about 2.64%. It is fully frank, but... Look, so I think it's the Tasmania's version of the Bank of Queensland. It is, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Obviously, got the um, the the TPT is sort of the um, investment sort of arm of that, you know. So, which hasn't been as you know performed as well as the bank, I guess. Um, but look, it's the PE is around eleven. I think it's um, expecting growth next year of around two percent or something. So, after a bit of a jump back this year, after a pretty average year last year, so. Look, the P is not expensive again, but just not an enthralling business for me. So, yeah, um, yeah not not for me, not for me. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's. I think that's a good summation. The the this is a low growth business, but it's very stable. Yeah. So yeah. stable is good. You know, if yeah. I look at their earnings, they you know they're like growing at inflation. Yeah. You right. can say stable zero. Right. So that's okay because they pay a dividend as long as you pay the the right amount. It can't be in double digits. Right. To get a decent return on a company like this, you've got to buy it in sub ten PE. Yeah. Right. Um, now to get a 10% return, if I work it back the other way, you couldn't pay more than $3.50. So okay. it's currently $4.73. And by the way, it's at the top of the green, which means it's the top of the uh, bottom quartile of the PE. Right. So, it's, so it's arguably yeah. not expensive what people normally pay for it. But if I yeah. want to get a minimum 10% return uh, per year for the next five years, um, I couldn't pay more than four. Actually, I couldn't pay more than three sixty-four. Okay. So it's had a, it's had a so good bounce a back gap. from last year. So I think it was sort of the, the result last year was was not as good. So we're, the revenue line was up 8%, net profit was up 13%. So right. that's that's on the our previous result, which was a bit lackluster. So right. um, I think the growth there, I'm, I'm, I think it's, we're only expecting 
um, earnings per share growth of around two and a half percent, or okay. even less than that for next year. So, right. yeah, so by the way, by the way, the yeah. price has been down to three fifty five over the last twelve months. So it's actually okay. been there, right? So, yeah, yeah. And, and you could say, well, if you're happy with ten percent, which most people should be, yeah. then on a really reliable, consistent business, then, then that'd be good. Mm-hmm. But not Seven at not at four seventy three. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's um, recap the final five stocks. Uh, AGL, Gary's liking it around these levels to accumulate. Uh, Mark says it's not not in your wheelhouse, is it, Um, AGL? Uh, United Overseas Australia, no from both. Red Cape, a hold from Gary, a no from Mark, and no from both of the guys on MFF Capital and MyState. Uh, Mark Mullen from Team Invest, thank you for pinching for uh, for Howard today. I did my oh, best, but last 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 week we we got about six. Yes, it was an all time yeah, yeah. record. Six yeses. Six yeses <laughs> about last week. So uh, yeah, zero today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Glover yeah. from Novus Capital, always thank great to, thanks, to have you board, mate. Yeah. And uh, he's talking about uh, this is the machine he is with uh, Gotham, our. Uh, our producer about ice baths and how good ice baths are for your health and going <laughs> forward. Do you have ice baths? No, I used to ju- no. do things like jump in freezing water when I was right. younger, but they, I, it doesn't really grab me anymore. No, me I think either. that would hurt. Oh uh, yeah, these two, two I, I, machines. I, I mean, I I, 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 I'd probably do it if I was forced to. It. <laughs> yeah. He does it for pleasure. Keeps the uh, keeps you nice. It would and definitely healthy. get you yeah. buzzing. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about exactly. that. Yeah. All right, we've been certainly buzzing for the last hour. We're about to run out of time because the buzzer is going to go. Um, if you'd like uh, any stocks for us to consider here on the panel, flick us an email to call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, all the stocks in the calls portfolio, you can see what they are. Head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, don't forget, if you at the end of the day, if you want a wrap up of everything that's been happening on the markets, business, finance, subscribe to the Ausbiz newsletter. You get Scuddy's view, uh, the C- close of business COB podcast, uh, links to all of the most popular videos. Uh, subscribe to Ausbiz.co forward slash COB. Uh, coming up on the Startup Daily Show, the team brings you uh, all the companies seeking capital in that startup scale-up venture capital area. Today, amongst the guests, Simon Cooks, as he closes a million-dollar funding round for his prop tech firm, Larkley. Um, that is coming up on the Startup Daily Show. So a lot happening for the rest of the afternoon. Doug away back after the break. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.